You are listening and watching Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast, where we have girl talk with a mental health twist. Please click subscribe and listen and watch hello, for our hello. next episode. Thank you guys again coming back for season two of Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast. We're both twinning with winning women. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marshawn Drawn. And I'm your other co-host, Maria Drawn Bush. And today's topic, we actually are in the cuffing season for season two. We are too familiar with that. Um, if you're single still, if you marry, you know about it from the past. Don't act like you don't. Um, but today we're going to talk about women orgasming and does it really happen? So this is so important because, I mean, really, a lot of women aren't getting what they need. You, I mean, is it really happening? For a lot of women, probably not. And just discovering ourselves. Um, but it's a very important subject for marriage, for relationships, for just knowing yourself, knowing what you like, what you don't like. Um, and I think far too often women don't get that orgasm. They don't orgasm off intercourse. So then it's like, how do we find out ways to be pleased while also pleasing our mate? Right. And I think, you know, with this topic, you know, I was doing some research, Mashaun, and the idea is that uh, there are a lot of women, more, more men than women are having that orgasm through sexual intercourse and women are not. And I think one of the things that we talk about and I think about is what is going on in the bedroom? What yeah. is partner doing to help this woman reach that climax and have an yes. orgasm? So today we want to invite two of these wonderful people, um, good people to this episode. Um, to talk to talk about it, um, yeah. we have uh, Miss Deandrea Laylock Johnson. She is a licensed social worker in the state of Missouri, and then we also have Mr. Dante Alexander Doss. He is a native of Cleveland and currently residing in Nashville. He is a proud father of two, personally, and. He is also writing and working on a book, and I want to invite them both to the show and to tell Thanks. us a little bit about their background. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for being here. Thank, thank you so much for having us. Yes. You all want to give us a little background about yourselves and then your interest in this topic. Sure, I can go. Um, again, my name is DeAndrea Blaylock Johnson. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in, in Missouri. I, uh, born and raised in St. Louis. And so that's where my practice is from. Murphy Lee said, I'm so St. Louis, ask my tattooist. <laughs> tattoo, you can ask my chop sueyist, because I do have my own chop sueyist. All right. But I am All so right. St. Louis. Um, but um, in addition to being a licensed clinical social worker, I am a sexuality and relationship therapist. And so I work specifically with individuals and those in all types of relationships, work toward their own self-identified goals. Uh, although I do work with people um, who may be experiencing uh, depression or anxiety, most of my practice is devoted to relationship therapy and also uh, helping folks deal with sexual dysfunction of some sort. Yes. yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Mr. Well, well, I, uh, I don't have a, <laughs> a professional background like Ms. Johnson <laughs> does. Um, I guess more so a per of a personal background, but, um, you know, Maria, you invited me just because I guess of a post that I made 
-hmm. on Facebook. And uh, I guess you could say I'm personally passionate about uh, women being satisfied in the bedroom. It's just something that from talking with uh, friends of mine who are women um, and how they're dissatisfied a lot of times, even in marriage uh, for years. And mm -hmm. so it's just something that I've always found interesting. And so that's, uh, you know, just uh, thank you for inviting me here on a personal, I guess you say more, or experiential more than uh, educational, so. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited that you're here with your post, Dante. I really appreciate you being so raw and straightforward and really speaking <laughs> to the woman's experience and just relationships, period. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your book because I'm excited about that as well. Um, it's so funny. I just had a conference with, um, I hired on a, uh, a friend, uh, or we met on Twitter years and years ago, like Oh nine, I think, um, mm -hmm. and I've just been, you know, in communication and friends since then. She, uh, is an author, but she also does other things, uh, helps people writing books. So I just conferenced with her today, um, to finish that book in a couple of months. Um, and it's entitled, we need to talk. Um, mm -hmm. and really, like I said, it's experiential more so than educational, um, uh, just because of my experience things that I went through, uh, being a divorced uh, father, single father now, but um, mm -hmm. I went through a, a pretty um, extraordinary uh, anomaly uh, when it comes to marriage. So because of my experience and, and what I went through, I've been able to uh, talk to a lot of people, give people advice, friends, uh, that type of advice on marriage, um, just because of the things that I went through. I went some, through some really extraordinary experiences, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. uh, this book is supposed to be a real deal or it's going to be a real deal book about that. A lot of my neighbors and friends said, oh, you need to write a Lifetime movie because it's so crazy. And <laughs> even now I think I'm like, did I really go through this stuff? Or I, I mean, really, it's just so it's just it, it's inane. But mm -hmm. uh, but that's what this book is about. Really just a real deal uh, thing for people who uh, a real deal, I guess, guide, so to speak, for people who are looking for marriage. Uh, just to explain to them the, the mistakes that I made and not to make those mistakes and just all of that, because um I got divorced in 09. And so I know um, about 50 couples who have divorced since then who were married between six and seven years like myself and actually talking to two male friends now who are on the brink of divorce. So it's just a crazy world out there, you know. So, oh, my, my. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So real. Yeah. So real. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yes. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to finishing it. Yes. Something yeah. definitely needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure D'Angelo knows that more than anybody. Oh, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> in you guys' opinion, I mean, it just our experience, our opinion. What is the importance of orgasm? Mm -hmm. So I have um, a lot of ideas about orgasm because I think that orgasms are wonderful things to experience. I think that it can be a great release of energy, of pressure that's built during a sexual experience, whether solo or partnered. Um, how be it, I think it's important to not only focus on orgasms, but to allow yourself to enjoy the pleasure and the journey to the orgasm. Yes. There are a lot of people who may have various challenges with achieving orgasm, whether that is um, a, a mental block or like a, a situation or whatever, it could be a physical issue. And mm -hmm. so... Um, although orgasms are wonderful and I think they are very important, mm -hmm. I think it's also equally important to think about the pleasure and the journey to orgasm and not just focusing on that one, yeah. you know, that one event of release of pressure. Mm. Yeah. Well, I agree as well. Uh, it's so funny. I was discussing this with um, a couple of women that I know 
phone yesterday just telling them, and they were like, oh, we can't wait to hear the podcast. So I kind of took some notes. I, that's the one thing about it. I'm the anomaly because I'm a man. I'm a male. You all are women. So uh, I, I come from a whole totally different world of perspective, I would say. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but absolutely. But I think, you know, for me, um, you know, in my perspective, I think that I, I totally agree with DeAndrea. Um, the mm -hmm. thing is, is that I, you know, and I, you all, as, as I told you, I'm kind of raw and candid, so I'll just say it. You know, for me personally, as a man, when I have sex with women, I consider it an experience. I make it an experience. Yes. So I agree with DeAndrea in that, not just dealing with that one thing, the, the end result, but the whole thing that leads up to that. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I just feel like even with relationships, with marriage, anything else, it's a two-way street, business relationships, anything. And so I really, you know, personally believe that uh, when it comes to sexual encounters, when it comes to the sexual experience, that that two-way street has to, you know, it, it, it's, it's about equality. It's about making sure that both partners are satisfied in that. And I think that, as we've all agreed and, and can say, and people, you know, it's a resounding uh, uh, consensus, so to speak, that uh, most of the time it's men, because like I joke with a lot of my friends, especially female, and I say, you know, men can rub up against a telephone pole or a bear, or right. bear they'll be fine, you know, but <laughs> right. women, on the other hand, it takes more than that. And I think mm -hmm. that goes to a lot of things and, you know, emotions and, and things of that nature. But I believe that for an experience, you, you know, like Deandra said, you have to, uh, one has to really deal with everything, that whole journey, that whole process to lead to yeah. that. Um, not just that one thing. I think that if you, if a person, especially a man makes that an experience, that mm -hmm. just drives, you know, so many other factors and, and things for the woman when it comes to that series, that experience and that satisfaction. So, yeah, I agree. And then one thing, uh, if I can add, I, I want us to really understand that sex does not have to end with orgasm. Yes. You know, um, because one partner may orgasm, another may not. Um, the point of the sexual experience may not be to experience orgasm. It may just to be to connect with your partner or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And so understanding that orgasm doesn't have to mark the end or it doesn't have to mark success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. Um, I said, I think really when it comes to women's uh, the issue with women and orgasms, the lack thereof, and, and and considering the fact that it's crazy to me, I've talked to women who have never had one from a man, which is just, I mean, grown women. And I'm like, man, that's yeah. just, you know, I'm like, life is too short to have bad sex. And then when you, when you, you as a man, I, you know, I, I tell women all the time, or I, I was talking to a, a, a female friend of mine earlier today, and we were talking about this, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I believe that when a woman gives her body and gives, gives that experience, that is a gift. Mm -hmm. And men should treat that as such. So mm -hmm. it's just so crazy to me to hear that women have never had one. And they mm -hmm. had several partners. And it's just like, what are, I, I, at, at this point, I'm kind of ashamed as a man. I'm like, well, what are men out here doing? Making yeah. us look bad. So. Uh, you know, I, I put, you know, like I said, I just took a little couple of notes just to make me think and whatever. But I said, I think that men, for one thing, are inept to uh, women's anatomy and physiology. Um, I talked with one of my friends. She said that she, uh, a guy she um, was uh, involved with years ago, read up on the anatomy and the physiology of women. And I said, that's so interesting. I mean, I never did it, but when I thought about yeah. it, it's just something I never imagined. So I said, well, that's interesting. You know, he really, as a scholar, wanted to learn. Uh, to, 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 I guess, execute his, his study well. So I said, that's good. Uh, but then also, uh, I think men are really selfish. A lot of times I've heard stories of, of how men, you know, they get theirs and they're good and don't yeah. care about anything else. Uh, 
Um, and then also uh, the fact that, um, that, that men are, can be horrible listeners. <laughs> I talked with a friend the other day, and uh, she's been asking about the book, but then I was telling her about the podcast. I've been t- I guess I've been telling everybody. I said, it's just so interesting. You know, you, you talk to women, I said, as a man, you talk to women about sexual things and stuff and stories, funny stories. But you talk to men, it's just, it's not, it's boring. So I don't know what it is, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I talked to her, and she's 53, and she still loves to have great sex. And she said, we were talking about one partner of hers, and she said, you know, that's one thing. I was telling him things, and he thought he was doing it, but he wasn't doing what I told him to do. And so I wasn't satisfied. So I think that's another thing. Men just don't listen. Um, a lot of guys have come to me, younger guys, or either women, and they're like, how do you, how do you know this, that, whatever? And I said, because I believe it's like a course. I said, you study it. And I said, every, every woman is different, just like every person is different. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe that men can, uh, you know, that they should treat every woman the same or do the same things, the same thing. You know, what works for one woman doesn't work for the other. So yes. I just really believe that, you know, that as I told them, you know, each one is a different course. You study that course for that. You don't use mathematics, uh, uh, things that you learn in mathematics for history. So I think that's the thing is that men have to learn to be listeners, to take their time, um, and to really want to to satisfy their partners. Yeah. I love how you both um, talked about the, the whole experience and also anatomy. I think it's so important for us as women to know our bodies. Um, and I believe that starts at a young age, um, teaching your daughters about their body parts. And then also when you get older, exploring that with your partner, um, mm-hmm. the importance of the clitoris that is similar mm-hmm. to, it may this be look like a little nub, but it's similar to a man's penis. Mm-hmm. And so knowing the importance of that, you can value it <laughs> a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I love that you both, both said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so amazing too. I've, I've, women have told me men can't even find the clitoris mm-hmm. in their experience. I'm like, it's just that it's just wild to me. It blows my mind. So, so definitely, anatomy is so important. I even with my children now, they're teenagers, and you know, teenage. I mean, I remember when I was a teenage boy. Teenage boys are raucous and wild. So I know how it is anyway. Right. So I that's one thing I want to be open to explaining to them things about sex and stuff because I don't know what where, what they'll encounter what will happen when they're at school, wherever. So mm-hmm. I want them, I've always been open to say, hey, come to me about anything. I'll talk to you about anything. We'll be candid about anything. I don't believe in that birds and bees talk. Mm-hmm. I believe in, you know, laying it out. So you're definitely right about that. Just the anatomy and learning that at an early age and then what pleases oneself <laughs> to be able to teach others or tell others. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I agree too. I think the journey, uh, the adventure, the fun of getting to that climax, and like you said, Deandre, and that not being the absolute complete. Like if you didn't get the orgasm or the climax, okay. But we had fun. You pleased mm-hmm. me in ways. You touched me in ways. I had an experience that I'm going to remember, and I don't even need the orgasm. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to orgasm my penetration if you've done the exploration of my body and getting to know me. So I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I wanted to know too was, well, how do, um, a, well, how does a woman explore or discover her own sexual needs? You know, as, as far as us knowing anatomy and studying and wanting men to do it, how does me as a woman know what I need and what, how to please myself and how to communicate that to him? So I think a um, good exercise is solo sex or masturbation. Yes. Um, 
a lot of times women and girls and female-bodied individuals are shunned from self-exploration. Like it's mm -hmm. almost expected with uh, boys and men and male-bodied folks where, mm -hmm. you know, there are jokes about it and, and everything. But for girls and, and those with lived experience of misogyny, it's, it's the idea that you're, especially if you're coming from a religious uh, situation or upbringing, you may mm -hmm. have been told ideas that your genitals are dirty or even um, a, a gateway to sin for somebody, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. you're yes. not encouraged to explore yourself. Um, I'm thinking about a um, very popular show that's on uh, Netflix right now. And mm -hmm. there is a... Um, uh, an episode where a woman gets married and she doesn't understand how sex works. She doesn't mm. understand um, her own body mm. or even how babies are made. Like mm. her mother didn't have this conversation with her, none of her siblings, none of her brothers, mm. like her brothers know. Yeah. But she doesn't know. And so she's looking to her husband to kind of teach her oh, about yeah. uh, biology and anatomy yeah. and all of right. that. So um, yeah. although this this is a period piece, it's set like in the 70s, I don't, I don't know, a long time ago. But yeah. unfortunately, these same ideas are still perpetuated in the 21st century where yes. people are not given permission to explore themselves, not just to know how to tell a partner how to please them, but just for themselves so that they can understand how their bodies work. Um, in, in the year of our Lord, 2021, on Blue Ivy's <laughs> internet, and Google is still free, yes. <laughs> okay? We should not have this gap Right. of information. Everyone has a computer in the palm of their hands. However, mm -hmm. we still have so many issues of shame and, mm -hmm. and guilt surrounding the self-exploration, specifically of girls and women and female-bodied individuals. So um, one big thing I think that can help with that is that self-exploration, solo sets, um, and not necessarily just for the purpose of orgasm, but mm -hmm. to understand what feels good to me. Yes. Do I like this kind of touch? Do I, mm -hmm. am I interested in penetration? I might not be. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, where is my clitoris? Um, what kind of sensation do I like there? And mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big supporter of solo sets. Yes. I, I agree. Same thing. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, there have been women that I think of one woman in particular, and I know she's she probably going to watch this podcast, but <laughs> she'll remain anonymous, so she, she has yeah. nothing to worry about. But uh, when we were involved, we were both over 30. I think we were, we were, we're the same age, so I think we were about 31, 32. Um, she's had a child, uh, or she had had a child years before that, had had a couple other partners, but she told me, she said, and you know, I used to be, I'm not gonna lie, I used to be on Twitter and I was wild and I talked about everything, everything. So we met from Twitter and through some house parties. So she kind of knew, she knew where my mind was, a new whatever. So she, and a lot of women thought that or think that I'm advanced and I may be, I may not, I don't know. You know, I just do what I do. And I, but she told me, she made a disclaimer. She said, I don't 
know really anything about sex. I don't know mm. whatever. She said, I've had a couple of encounters. It was basic missionary and that was it. I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And I took the lead and took the helm and I was the captain of the ship. So, yeah. you know, for me, it was nothing. And I, and that's one thing I mostly do all the work because I just believe, it, they, honestly, for me personally, the satisfaction of a woman and seeing the satisfaction of a woman is, mm. is beautiful. So that, that is a turn on for me. So mm. I, I love to, to be able to do that. Um, and so for me, it was no problem, but I know a lot of guys, they would all, oh, you know, you don't know anything and I, you know, so I'm just not going to, and to me, it's just, I hate to say it, but I guess you could say it's a missed opportunity. But mm -hmm. for me, I was like, it's nothing. So I, I think that that's, that's one thing. I think that they're just the exploration part, you know, it's so important for self-exploration yeah. and, you know, coming from a guy, you know, I don't preach anymore, but I'm ordained. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've been in church just about all my life and, or all my life, really. So the religious aspect is so funny how religious or even societal restrictions, like you said, DeAndrea, are placed on people where they're mm -hmm. not being able to enjoy themselves. They, they're not being able to learn themselves. And that's not just sex, that's anything really. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like people don't reach their potential, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever else. So it's so, it just, to me, it's just, I, I, I'm, People who have gone to church with me or whoever, and they may be spiritual, religious, they may disagree with me. I, it's funny because I just don't see myself um, relegating to those standards of religion or, or whatever. I believe that an individual mm -hmm. is their life, is their choice to do whatever they, they want to do it. I just believe people should do what makes them happy. And so, yeah. I, you know, a pa my pastor said, it was funny, we were in a men's conference and uh, he said, you know, it's so funny because he said religious people have for years have put so many restrictions on women. He said they, he said, the funniest part he said was, you know, women can have skirts all the way under their feet and they still got pregnant. Come so here. it's like, to me, people are gonna have sex, they're gonna do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's where, you know, people had to really just, you know, loose the shackles, so to speak, of religion and religiosity and all that stuff and do what makes them happy. Like you said, if it relieves stress, if, it, if it's whatever, and <clears throat> there's a, a, a I, I, I found that, I guess you could say, through a, a, a mutual friend, there's a couple that I know, been married over a few decades, and they don't have exciting sex. Now, exciting sex mm -hmm. is relative and subjective, but mm -hmm. from what I was told, it's just like, unfortunate, because the husband wants to explore and do other things, but he really can't, because he, um, he is in a high position, high visible mm -hmm. position. And so it's, he's unable to, and his wife is just really conservative and she looks conservative. It's so funny because a friend saw, knows them and says she looks like a, a headmaster or whatever you call it at a school. Right. And she does. But it's just like, man, this man wants to do so many things. And you know, it's so funny to me because I, I, I you know, people use, freak is a term that's relative and subjective as well. But you know, I love choking and bondage yes. and flogging and all that stuff. It's and, and, you know. And it's like whatever, like you just said, whatever makes a person happy or makes them satisfies them right. is what they should be able to do and have that freedom. And then especially if you're married and this is the person you want to, uh, you know, you want right. to uh, be faithful and uh, you know to your vows. But it's like, hey, if you're not happy <laughs> having sex or doing whatever to be intimate, then you know what is the point? At that point, right. I, I know that's not an excuse, but that kind of goes to the cheating thing and it goes to other mm -hmm. issues because of that. So, I mean, people, I think. You know, financial, they say, is statistically is one of the, the biggest issues for divorce. But I believe that, you know, infidelity is, is, is a close second. Uh, it's always an issue. We see it in TV. We see it in reality shows. see it everywhere. 
Um, mm-hmm. Even saw it in the White House in the 90s. Right. So, you know, so it's like at this point, it's like, why, why can't people just do what makes them happy and, and, and live? That's my thing. <laughs> and I like to have uh, amen and I shade to everything, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm just thinking about a couple of things that she said that sparked some thoughts in my head, specifically mm-hmm. the idea that um, you can't uh, enjoy things. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? And okay. so when you look at how, and I'll speak specifically from a Christian standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Christianity was being spread and like the four, the foundations of it, mm-hmm. um, the philosophy of the day was asceticism. That's platonic and neoplatonic thought. And so it was the idea that in order to get close to God, I have to, um, or a spirit, I have to separate from the things of my body. I have to separate from the things that, um, that are of this flesh or of this world. Mm-hmm. And so what's really interesting is that that idea is not intrinsically Christian, um, mm-hmm. It's not indicative or it's not part of pre-Christian Judaism. It's the philosophical thought of the day when Christianity was being spread. However, mm-hmm. because these are the ones who were recording Christianity, right? They were writing mm-hmm. gospels and, and all of that. Um, they incorporated these ideas, mm-hmm. specifically in Paul's letters. And yeah. so <laughs> most folks are preaching from Paul's letters and right. these ideas of asceticism, which aren't from pre-Christian Judaism, right? They're mm. philosoph- philosophical, um, right. but it's so interesting because those ideas continue to permeate um, the faith and then also make it really hard for people to have good sex. I think about how a lot of um, clients that I have specifically black women who grew up in the church and want to maintain a relationship with Christianity, but have this issue because they've been told, you know, all their lives don't have sex, don't have sex. But mm-hmm. when you get married, you're supposed to swing from the chandeliers, but you ain't taught right. me how to anchor the chandelier. You ain't taught me how to dance right. 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 You know, like, uh, we're not arming our folks with the right information. And I'm not anti-abstinence or, or anything like that because like I think abstaining from sex for a time may be the best choice for you, right? right. But what I am against is the idea that um, virginity or, or the social construct of virginity some kind of way uh, gives you a certain value as a person and then you try to judge others for that but then also like I said what I see from a clinical perspective is a lot of women coming in and it's like I don't know how to turn this loop off Mm. this idea that sex is bad um, or even just the idea that I can enjoy sex because often women are still taught that specifically in the church have sex for your husband it's not really for you Right. But you need to please your man, but not giving them the permission to explore pleasure for themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I agree. I can personally attest to that um, growing up in the church and being told that your body is not your own. It's it's your spouse's. And so I'm getting this message that, you know, it is for the service, uh, service of my husband. 
but at the same time, what about my needs? And so it's so important mm-hmm. that we can get to our church folk. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as young age, to talk yeah. about your needs, exploring your body. Who is going to teach them if we don't teach them, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, I think, with <clears throat> when you think specifically like Catholicism <clears throat> and how they don't want you to do anything, <laughs> essentially, unless you're married. And my thing is, you know, like I said, my pastor said, people are going to have sex. They're still going right. to do things. So it's like, you know, are you, like you said, are you going to equip them to be ready and be prepared and to have safe sex and all that? Or are you going to let them out here and just let loose, you know, to their advantage and have a chandelier fall on? So, right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, to me, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I am so, um, I am a, I keep using the word anomaly. I can't think of other words. It's been a long day. Good day, but long day. But I, I just, I, I feel like I, my thoughts are, or my school of thought is such an exception to mm-hmm. what I've been taught or what I, you know, what I heard in church or whatever, because mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, even when I look at politics, when I look at, and, and especially the fusion or the attempted fusion of politics and church, or the, you know, the, the, state of the, the state of politics and the state of the church mm-hmm. and how those two are intermingled so many times, but then there's so much contradiction between right. abortion laws, between or Roe versus Wade and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Planned Parenthood and all this other stuff. So I, I just have lived with the mantra that if everybody in the world minded their business a little bit more, the world would be a right. better place. <clears throat> People, I think just, especially like you said, and I hate using this word, but Diego's right, the misogynistic, uh, you know, the misogynistic constructs really, to me, hold and have thwarted people's potential. I, I even talked or replied to a, a Facebook post a little while ago, and a friend of mine who I went to college with, she said, she asked about um, arranged marriages. And I said, well, I would never arrange a marriage. You know, she, her and her husband, I believe, they believe in that. I said, I wouldn't because my children is their lives, it's their right to make their mm-hmm. mistakes or to do, make their choices. I said, I, it's my job as a parent to guide them, but when it comes to them as adults, that's their choice to make, and I don't want to do that because I feel like, as I told them, you know, you have one life to live. It thwarts their potential for love, for whatever. And, you know, they came back with, oh, well, you know, it's good to do it because, um, you know, you just never know. If, if you know the people, I said, people can have arranged marriages and you don't know what you're married into. You don't know those right. people, even though you think you do. So I think that's the same thing with, you know, in this context or this construct is the fact that if people just let people make a choice, adults, let other adults make the choices for their lives, as long as it's not, you know, affecting negatively anyone else, let them be happy. Let them enjoy Let them have great sex, you know, do whatever they want to do. So I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just the control factor is just so crazy to me. I'm like, I just don't have time to worry about other other folks. I, I try to have great whatever experiences in anything and, not worried about everybody else. So, yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta live your. We only got one life. You gotta live it to its fullest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I grew up in church, but I explored what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I I lived my life. I I like sex, and I I explored my body. Yes, know, ma'am. Maybe with some couple <laughs> of partners, and we, you know, you, I got to know me and what I like and what I want safely. Absolutely. Right, but Absolutely. you know. And I think we as adults, we're, we're adults. And I think religion, and I love God, and I love pastors and all that, but I think religion, we are hindering um, some, you know, like by not teaching that, you know, mm-hmm. like the importance mm-hmm. of now I'm married, 
what do I do? Well, we should have been, yep. and I'm not saying we need to be teaching a sex class in church, but it's well, okay. Why not? Like, that's or, what, you know that's what? what? Why not? You right. Why not? Because <laughs> yeah. sex is a part of us. God, God yeah. gave us these sensations. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we're adults, and it's like, let's be real, and let's be adults, and let's have fun, and let's be safe, and let's do this, because mm-hmm. it's just time, life is short. And people are getting cheated on in marriages because they're not getting what they need, or women are mm-hmm. going out to find it somewhere else because they don't know mm-hmm. how to do the man, so they got to learn this first. But they bring it back to mm-hmm. the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like just have fun, mm-hmm. explore yourself, man, yeah. and just don't be shamed about it. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So I agree. Yeah, that's my two cents. <laughs> hey, that's a good two cents. Absolutely. Why <laughs> two cents? On that, on that, that note, my shine is like. Dante and DeAndrea, how do you communicate that to your partner? Like yeah. my mom was saying, she's been able to explore and she knows what she wants, but you're in this relationship. How do you communicate that to your partner? I think one thing that's really important is to not wait until you're in the situation, right? Mm. So whether that is the bedroom, the kitchen, the couch in the living room, don't wait until you're having sex there. <laughs> Mm. but have the conversation outside of an immediate sexual um, encounter, Mm. Um, you know, whether that's a neutral space, but also I think it's, um, it could be helpful if you kind of have your ideas set out beforehand Mm -hmm. um, so that you can be clear on what it is that you want to communicate, not necessarily accusing your partner of like not wanting to please you or anything like that, but really using I statements, um, really just focusing in on what the challenges are. You know, these are the things that I like to experience during sex. How do you feel about exploring this? Mm -hmm. Um, What are some challenges that you may have Uh, with the things that I want to explore and then being really open and honest with yourself first Mm -hmm. and then with your partner and really trying to uh, to listen to understand not just listen to respond um, and keeping that flow of communication available yeah I think that's I mean I just amen ashe namaste (laughs) I mean it's it's that's the whole thing is I tell my friends, I'm like, you have to have, and that's with anything, communication, but that open line, and like you said, the most important part is the reception and the willingness, I think, um, because, you you know, a person can tell somebody whatever, but like I said before, you know, with one lady, the guy, she's telling him, and she, he's still not listening, so, and then he thinks he was listening and doing what she said, and clearly she wasn't, so I think that willingness is the main thing, because I've, I've talked with friends and, and, you know, heard stories, they tell them and then the person, you know, oh, you know, I know I'm doing right or I don't, I don't believe what you're saying or whatever. And it's like, mm. okay, there, there's clearly something's wrong here and mm-hmm. they're telling you yet you don't want to listen to that. So mm. the willingness I think is the most important part, trying to get an adult, another adult to say, hey, you know, yeah. this is the, the issue. Can we work on this? Can we try it a different way? Can we do whatever, explore mm-hmm. techniques, whatever the case may be. So. I think the you know retelling is is one thing, but that other side is that willingness to be able to receive it and to adjust or change. Especially for, I'll say for men who think they're pleasing, they're not. I watched a clip on Facebook last night. It was just reposted. It was so hilarious. I don't. They said it was from Have and Have Nots, and the guy and the woman were having sex, and it was an older woman, and the guy was younger, relatively younger, and 
he was like, I guess he was saying, oh, do you like it or do you whatever he was saying? And she just was like, stop, stop. And she made him get up and he was pissed. And she's like, you know, and she, I'm not gonna lie. I said, whoa, child, I said, she hurt my feelings. Cause she was like, you know, if I wanted a pen, I get a pen and you know, and she's insulting him so badly. Mm. I said, thank God, I don't think I've, I've never had experience like that. Cause I said, Jesus Christ. Would, I just would probably never, I would be abstinent at that point. I, you know, go to the church, get a little altar, never, never do it again. Cause I'd just be so ashamed. But uh, but he was mad and calling her, you know, calling her bitch and, and you know, just whatever. He was not receptive to what she was saying. And mm -hmm. it was clear that she was not pleased. You, you know, she was just one of those, it was one of those funny situations or uh, scenarios, I guess, or scenes where, you know, he's he's doing it and she's just laying there and had her eyes rolling, just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's got to be, for, especially for men, a willingness to listen and not be upset like he was. I mean, he was way out of line and saying something about, I hope. Somebody, you better hope nobody kills you or beat you. Something crazy. And it's just like, okay, you're bad at it. You need to listen. You're a grown man. You should have listened. So yeah. prime example. Crazy, but prime example. Yeah. I add to that, Dante. I think when women are communicating, not doing it in a way that's going to uh, beat mm -hmm. that, that partner down, saying, well, my yeah. ex did it better or um, so-and-so did it better. I'm not yeah. that person. I'm me. Right. So. Right. What can I do to to satisfy you? I'm not in and so that in itself is going to do uh, be detriment to the relationship. Absolutely, great point. Yeah, mm -hmm. and explore together. I think I think if you you communicate with your mate, I'm a freak. I like anal. I want you to eat me out. I I enjoy giving you sucking your sucking your penis um i like it from the back i like butterflies i don't want to just be laying mm -hmm. on my back in the bed missionary style i want to do it in the kitchen mm -hmm. the kids is gone let's yeah. put it in the jacuzzi right. i mean and then just being open to explore but mm -hmm. if and if you're somebody that's used to that and you get with a mate that's missionary and that's it i want just like it in the bed i mean try to i think communicating with them and exploring together mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. just you know what you like and and seeing what what's your limit what's not your limit exactly. and then exactly unfortunately there, there's a point where it's like it just they they not gonna do what you want to do and uh i think i had i had a friend uh, a male friend that i know he got married mm -hmm. and his wife was a good wife she was a good mother mm -hmm. she was in the church she was great at that mm -hmm. she was a good you know all that but she wasn't good in bed mm -hmm. and they got divorced behind that because that he he has a high sex drive and that, that was important to him too mm -hmm. and i think like you said we just we really gotta explore together but then it's like what do you do if we we can't reach that is that important mm -hmm. enough and for some of us it is because we want to have good sex mm -hmm. i want to have a good uh, journey and experience with that you know and then there's probably other factors that i'm sure took place as well but i mean that's just it's it's an interesting thing yeah yeah. Well, that's a that's a plug for uh, DeAndre. They need to come. To, they need to call DeAndre the, yeah, <laughs> if they've got issues. There you go. Hey, I'm gonna pass that along. There you go. Right. Damn. You know, yeah. I think about that. So we talked about if you're already in a relationship, how do you communicate? So how do you, when you're dating, how do you, like in this cuffing season, you're meeting different people. How do you? really bring that up we know how to bring up money we know how to bring up your favorite hobbies but how do you actually communicate about sex when you're in, in the dating arena mm -hmm. yeah i think it's kind of the same thing um mm -hmm. still having that those conversations ideally before you have sexual encounters but it may happen like you may have sex and it's like mm, 
this wasn't exactly what I wanted. So if you're just dating someone, you can decide, is this uh, a situation that I want to continue? You know, mm. what, how are the other things happening? Because to be honest, sometimes people just get with people to get their tires rotated and that's perfectly okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, but like if you're pursuing um, a different type of relationship, um, then you definitely want to have that open conversation with your partner or potential partner um, about what it is that you want to experience, what it is that you like, what it is that you don't like, um, what your limits are, because yeah. consent is not only not only sexy, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and so it's important that you lay those ground rules uh, with potential partners. Uh, I think it's best to have that conversation before you have sex, but like I said, mm -hmm. sometimes it may happen afterward and that's okay. But as long as you do have that open communication, uh, talking with that person and these conversations don't have to be just for people that you're in a committed relationship with. Right. It could be somebody that um, is your seasonal cuff and that's perfectly okay. Come on. Come yes. on. Come agreed, on. agreed. Come I think on. that's the thing. Like you said, just the communication. Y'all said, you said, it. I mean, the communication is, is just so important. And um, <clears throat> to be, uh, to be straightforward with it and say, this is like, like Marshawn would say, you know, if you're free, say you're free. This yeah. is, these are the things I like and lay them out. Um, I was talking with Priya earlier and she is interested. Now that she just started talking to this guy, whatever, and they uh, liked each other or swiped each other on a, uh, dating site mm -hmm. and five or six exchanges into the conversation he made a sexual in innuendo mm -hmm. and so she called me and she's like well let me talk to you from a male standpoint she said plus i know you're man <laughs> but she said i know you're a gentleman and because mm -hmm. we were involved years ago me and her were involved for like two years mm -hmm. and had great sex and we communicated and we went out and hung out and all that just great mm -hmm. and now we're great friends and she said, you know, what do you think about this? Am I, am I overreacting? Am I whatever? And I'm like, no. But I'm like, you're thinking about this. And she said, her therapist said, well, you know, you're jumping the gun. You jump the gun a lot. So are you jumping the gun? And she said she didn't know. And when she called me, I said, the thing is, communicate that to him. Tell him that I wasn't, I, you know, and I told you, you have to say it like on a PBS special. I was uncomfortable. But I was like, you know, just, hey, you know, we, we just got to, we're just getting to know each other. And so I told her, there's a way to do things. You just have to communicate that. I said, because you may be overreacting, but you don't know whether he, I said, because she said, he said, she said, oh, and he said, LOL. And I said, well, he may have been thinking, well, let me, let me be specific. He asked her height. She said, her, she told him her height. And then he said, I'll eat, I could eat your little ass up. Now he could be saying it like a little old man, you know, a little old man kind of talk like that. That yeah. may not mean no harm, and it may be offensive, it may not, depending on the person who's receiving it, but, it, it, you know, so he said, LOL. I said, well, he might have been joking, and he may not even have meant it that way. He might have just been like, oh, you're cute. You're a little cute thing. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I said, maybe his words were just, his choice of words were a little weird, or for you at least, you know. So I said, that's the thing. Communicate it and tell him, hey, you know, we just, we're just getting to know each other, so let's, you yeah. know, or that, maybe a couple, whatever you want to say. I'm like, just let him know. So I think that's the thing. People don't want to communicate or they're just ashamed yeah. to communicate a lot of times. But I'm like, you, you know, you never know. This might be your husband in the future, but 
you might have missed out that opportunity because you weren't specific with him and saying, well, this is what I like or don't like, or this right. isn't, this wasn't cool right now. Let's just wait or whatever. So communication, I think is just the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, and one thing I, I wanted to, and speaking of, is something I've been thinking about and wanted to hear from you all. What is the difference between vaginal orgasm and uh, clitoris um, orgasm? Because that's something that I hear and talk to um, different people about, but it'll be good to give the, uh, our listeners and our watchers that, that information. Yeah, so, um, and I wish I had my, um, my vulva puppet and my clitoris model with me right here. Oh, I can go grab them real quick. You want to grab them? Come on. I'm going to go grab them real quick. Just we don't let the expert see. Look, we don't let the expert. Anatomy and physiology. There you go. Teach us. We want to learn. Ready, they need, I mean, they need to know. Yeah. <laughs> they, do. they do. I agree. And what about you, Dante? Oh, well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Deandre go first. She's the expert, so show and I, tell. As a man, I have my right. idea, got, but we got show and tell. So this is this is I have a couple of vulva puppets, but this is one mm -hmm. here, okay? And this is an anatomically correct vulva puppet. She's really pretty. She's plush with velvet and satin and all of that. So anyway. You have the um, outer lips here, mm -hmm. inner lips there. Well, this is the mons pubis, outer mm -hmm. lips, inner lips. And then you have the clitoral hood here. And mm -hmm. peekaboo, there's the head of the peekaboo, all right? So now the thing about vulvas is that everybody's is different. Um, some people, their inner lips may be uh, longer than their outer lips. Um, the clitoris may be shaped differently or the head of the clitoris, hood of the clitoris may be shaped differently. And so not every vulva will look like this, right? But this is just an example. So the thing about the clitoris or what's thought to be just a clitoral orgasm is when the head of the clitoris is stimulated, um, whether that's with the hood down or when the clitoris becomes erect, because as, as you said earlier, uh, Maria, the clitoris has the same type of um, erectile mm -hmm. tissue that the penis has. Yes. And so, but it's just that so much of it is internal mm -hmm. as opposed to being external. All we see is the hood, mm -hmm. but the clitoris is so wonderful. Here's an anatomical model of the clitoris. So if you imagine that this is all inside, all you see is just this part here, the head, that you have these legs that extend down and then these bulbs, they actually go around the introitus or the vagina. Okay, so if you imagine that it's like here, but the bulbs actually go around the entry to the vagina. Mm -hmm. So, your question of what's the difference between a clitoral or a vaginal orgasm? Mm -hmm. Honestly, the more that we learn about anatomy, mm -hmm. they're all clitoral orgasms. Mm -hmm. Even G-spot, because the G-spot is an area that is, it's represented here by this kind of like roughly material but if you go up, it's actually like right behind the head of the clitoris, mm -hmm. um, which then makes you think, well, if it's behind the head of the clitoris, is it related to the clitoris? Mm -hmm. 
right? Just because you have all of this erectile tissue that can be stimulated either externally or internally. And so it's uh, like the vaginal orgasms are thought to be um, like deeper that you feel them in a different part of your body uh, in the vaginal canal um, when the head of the clitoris is not stimulated. But like I said, it's a possibility that these vaginal orgasms can be from internal clitoral stimulation. That's good. Hey, amen and namaste. Hey, I told you, let's listen to the expert. <laughs> awesome. What's been your experience, Dante? Um, man, I'm simple. <laughs> That's why God made me as a man. Men, women aren't complex. I think we can all agree with that. And men, we're so simple and utilitarian. Um, for me, um, I, I try to give... Or no, I don't try. I give women orgasms both ways. So I give them, or I guess you could say external and internal. So for me, there's more pleasure, I think. Well, no, I mean, it can be equal. It just depends. Like I said, each woman is different. So I guess I'm trying to think, and I shouldn't say this, but in my Rolodex, thinking about one woman in particular, um, a friend of mine, and we were involved for a while, a long time. And could have orgasms either way, regardless. Um, her her body's just very sensitive. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll give the men who are listening, and maybe women, a little tip. I use coconut oil, and especially if I give a hot oil massage or whatever, coconut oil I found, um, especially when it's lubricated, it doesn't dry up, and so it, it heats up to the body's temperature. So it makes everything very sensitive, and it heightens the sens sensitivity on everything. So, and I usually tell these young guys that too, because I'm like, hey, use that, you, you're in, you're good. So, um, but with her in particular, you know, I could, I, it, it just depends either way. If I gave her pleasure, even, I mean, she's so sensitive, so to speak, I wouldn't even have to give, you know, I, I guess for the lack of this, I mean, for, for this purpose, I'll use the correct terms, I guess, and not talk like I'm talking to the boys. So, kind of lingus. Um, I give her cunnilingus, and um, in doing so, I, or I, excuse me, what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't even have to do that. Just touching her, she could have an orgasm, and either I could do it or she could do it. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of times, you know, she, I guess I, I'm trying to be more professional. I could That's put, you know, one, hey, I'm with you, I could put one, two, maybe sometimes even three fingers in, internally. So yeah. if I put those three fingers, I always reach for certain spots. And she would have, I mean, she just, it would drive her crazy. But I realized she's such, so sensitive. So I think for that particular case, like, or whatever you want to call a case, scenario, whatever, uh, <laughs> you know, she was just so sensitive equally on internal and external. So, I mean, for me, I just, I don't know. I do, I mean, um, I'll say this. I, anyway, my lady friend, current lady friend. She said, I've never, uh, she said, I've never squirted. Mm. And she said, you can't make me, no man has made me, whatever. And I just laughed at her. I said, okay, Pat. You know, we talked, she lived out of town, so we were on the phone. She said, you can't do it. Long story short, she did it the whole weekend, 15, 20, 25 times. She's like, I can't believe you made me do that. I can't believe. I said, because, hey, you know, I told her, I said, because as a man, like I said earlier, I study it. 
I study, I know what you like, I know what 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 sensitivities you have or whatever turns you on. So I was like, on top of, I just know where to reach, what to do, and I know how to make you get there. So I tell young guys especially, or I tell guys especially, you got to coach a woman sometimes. Like, there's nothing wrong with coaching. So you can yeah. talk nasty, talk dirty. And I said, and you know, a lot of women now, I tell you this, I'll be honest, a lot of women don't like when you, you know, being called a bitch. And I understand that. But I said, if you're in the bedroom and if you get, if you do it one time and get away with it, they don't say nothing, they don't stop, you can keep doing it. So I told her, if you talk and whatever, you coach her, it makes, yeah. it, it just makes the, the wheels turn, makes her brain do this, makes that. I said, mm-hmm. you gotta really treat a woman's body a lot of times like a music part. Now you can't just get on every ride, ride hard. You can't just, you know, touch this and that and whatever. Uh, like a like a machine in the 1930s in the industrial complex, but I said you've got to be able to know how much you can touch this, and you know for nipples, if you can, you know if you can bite them a little bit. I said you ain't got to bite them like a, an orange or an apple, but I said you got to know the, the the level of sensitivity. It's kind of like an equalizer. We used to have them all equalized in the car. You yeah. got to know you know which level of this and that and the, the fader and the back. so I was like. It's, it's all about, like I said earlier, men learning women's bodies. Women can know yeah. their bodies well, but I'm like, if you're not doing it or if you bite too hard, you piss you hard, whatever, you, you might be out of there. So I think with her, you know, specifically, you know, I know that she, you know, she loves her nipples touch and she's, there's a certain way that she rubs them and there's a certain mm-hmm. way, so I do the same thing. Uh, you know, she, uh, you know, with the squirt, I just knew where to reach. And I explained, and it's so funny, it kind of turned her on again because she said, how did you do that? And I explained to her and I explained, what I feel for, and you know, if I close my eyes, and it kind of just kind of like Ray Charles. I do a Ray Charles. I close my eyes. The and right. I feel, Hashtag and I the know Ray where Charles. To feel. Yeah. Hey, shout <laughs> out to Ray. You got the right one, baby. You know. So I was like, you know, it's just hey, you got to know what you're doing. But I'm like, you got to know where to feel, what you feel for, mm-hmm. how to open that thing up. I, you know, this is a term. This is a, it's a crazy term in porn. But rose buddy. I said, I know how to make it rosebud where, she, where I'm like that pressure. She's like, cause I feel like I had a pee. I'm like, no, you have to release it. You have to know the pressure yes. and how to, how to release that pressure. Not and once you do that, and I said, right. I, and, and, you know, and my mattress, everything was so torn up. But hey, I told her, she said, I can't believe it. I'm like, you just got to know. You got to study. You got to know what you're yeah. doing. So, I mean, it just depends. I mean, for me, I, I, I do equally both. Um, even with uh, anal penetration, like I don't know, I did try anal one time with a girl. She loved anal, and that's how she got off. She loved it. I tried mm-hmm. it one time. I didn't like it. Um, so I've never done it since then. That was 10, 10 years ago, probably. But I know that that stimulates a lot of women as well. Now some women don't yes. like it at all. There's been some women I've dated, whatever. They didn't like it at all. Now I don't know if it was the way that they responded. Maybe it was traumatic. Maybe it was something just they had a bad experience. So I'm like, okay, well, I know that I can't do. But then there's some, mm-hmm. they've never done it. I, a girl I dated years ago, she had never, I don't think she ever did anything anal. But I had, <laughs> I girls, especially women I'm either involved with or I date, I will sometimes order sex toys for them to try off Amazon and send it to their house and surprise them with it. So mm-hmm. this one girl, I sent her a couple of plugs. She had never had them. She said it was one of the best things she ever had because these little jewel plugs and she loved mm-hmm. it. And, um, and so, and even really did because she, she really didn't know how to masturbate and enjoy herself. So I taught her some things. So I mean, honestly, a lot of women, they didn't know whatever. And I taught them things and then they, you know, they became better them. They became a better person, I guess, so to speak. So, I mean, that's the thing, man. It's just, I, like I said, guys have to really, and I think of course women for themselves had to really, know how to explore and just try yes. out different things because you just don't ever know i mean 
so many things I've done on women and they don't, you know, they've never, I'll be candid, they never had their ass ate. Well, I, you know, that's what I do. So I just know that that pushes a lot of women over the top more than anything, especially if it's new to them and they start to enjoy it. They're like, oh, this is something else new I can do. I like it. Yeah. You know, make it exciting, not mundane, you know. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> It's so good. And I'm, I love that you, you spoke on that because it's, it's about the willingness of your partner and then also education. Um, exactly. As you learn these things about your body, knowing um, the hygiene part of it after a woman has sex, you know, making sure you wash your vagina, making sure it's clean. And so yes. there's so many other different dynamics that, you, that goes along with that. But explore, yeah. explore, explore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's sweaty, so much it's out dirty, there. and clean up after. Hey, there you go. Hey, yeah. Like I tell You're them, I, women talk about, you know, their jokes say, oh, that's messy. I said, hey, if it ain't messy, I don't want it. I, hey, it ain't good if it ain't messy. That's what I tell them. So yeah. get, hey, enjoy body painting. I've done body painting, you know, yeah. get, get your tarp and get out there and paint other body, all that stuff. So I agree. I mean, there's so much stuff out there now. There's some stuff I ain't gonna get into, scatting and some other stuff. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't judge nobody's proclivities. If they want to do it, cool. That ain't my thing. But I'm like, there's so much stuff out there. This guy, this guys, I know that love. They pay women for feet pictures. They do everything. You know, just yeah. you know, people may think it's crazy, but I'm like, that's what gets their endorphins going and all that stuff. Hey, or mojo going, do it. So, I mean, it's just so much stuff out there, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. Midget stuff, people have a midget fetish. It's just so much stuff. So it's like, people don't ever know what they like until they, until they try it. So, yep. hey, I'm the same way with you. I encourage them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just, I, yeah. I won't, hey, and I won't get it. I'm not going to talk about my boys who a couple of them love grannies. They have a granny fetish. The granny couple. I, hey, I don't judge them. I, hey, do what you do. Get a little money out of it too from a widow, a rich widow, but hey, yeah. Hey, this is gender equality, right? So women getting their bag, we need to be able we, to get our bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure hey, single mama should have baby. Hey, <laughs> I might be a, I, I would be a great house husband to yeah. some rich widow, so great house husband. I'll clean up, I can cook, clean, do whatever she need me to do, fix stuff. Come on, hey, heard it, lady. There you go. Heard it. Hey, look. Put that on your vision board. Come on. Hey, I, hey, there you go. 2021. Uh, come up. 2021. There you go. Come up. <laughs> Gotta get it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's um, funny. Well, I, I definitely enjoyed everything we talked about. I wish we could go on and on and on, but I know I'm going to be conscious yeah. of it all the time. But, you know, before we end, I kind of want to hear from you all. What are some things that, what is the next step um, as we wrap up? Um, or resources you know of um, that anyone listening or watching this can turn to for information? So I'm thinking about how uh, some people may notice that their issues or the challenges that they're having with their partners may go beyond just the conversation of being open to it. What you may find is there may be some things that you need to sort through. So my suggestion would be to talk with a qualified sexuality therapist. Um, I uh, would suggest contacting the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, ASECT.org. And they have a search engine where you can find a certified sexuality therapist uh, within your area. 
Um, also, there are other organizations that uh, provide various certifications and understanding like there's a difference between a therapist and a coach. You may not need to work with a therapist. You may want to work with the coach, um, whatever that may be, but just understanding that it's perfectly okay to reach outside of your relationship to get some additional help so that you can get free. I just want everybody to have good sex. There you go. Amen. Amen. And if that means reaching out to a professional, go on and do that. Yeah. Let's let's hey, get tell let's get free. Hey, they go to a doctor when something's wrong, right? That's right. There you go. Go to a pastor when they need counsel. Okay. That's right. There you yes. go. There and a lot go. of times, pastors be sending them to my office. So. <laughs> Hey, they don't see, listen, I've, I've taken some <laughs> seminary classes. They're not teaching sex therapy in seminary. Um, and so that's why, <laughs> that's why it's like, hey, come, come to me. And, and I do provide sexuality and relationship therapy from a Christian perspective when it's requested by my clients. Mm. Um, but just making sure that you understand it's perfectly okay to reach outside of yourself to get the healing that you need. Yes. I just, just to reiterate, I agree with you, just finding somebody who's a professional, um, who's certified, like you said, I think just as, just as an addendum to that, there's such a stigma. And when we talked about church and religion, there's such a stigma on getting help, if, even if it's not for sexuality, for whatever it is. And I think that that would help so many more people if they get out of that religious construct and, or that, that restriction really, and, you know, end up looking for the freedom that they want in whatever avenue. And I think that you know, there's just no stigma in, in, I mean, I'm sorry, there's nothing wrong with, uh, or there should be a stigma going to a therapist, going to a counselor, going to a coach to, uh, to better their lives. So, I mean, that's the thing, like I said, you know, I joke about it, but it's the truth. If, if people have a health issue, they go immediately to the doctor, they call the doctor. Yeah. So if there's a problem, especially if they're, if they're in a relationship or a marriage and you're talking about a lifetime uh, to spend each, with each other, like you said, everybody should be having good sex, great sex, and should not be, you know, restricted because their spouse isn't open or doesn't want to work on it. So, and there's somebody I know I'm talking, who's, like I said, on the brink of um, a divorce right now, and that's an issue. That person, they went to a therapist. Actually, I recommended my therapist. He was like, he's great, whatever. He asked his wife to go. She didn't want to go. And ironically, at the same time, I talked to another guy I grew up with, one of my boys, and he said, yeah, I'm thinking about divorce. He said, I told her I wanted to go to counseling. And she said, nothing's wrong. I'm like, well, if you say, that's crazy that you say you need to go. And she says, nothing's wrong. Clearly something's wrong. So hey, let me tell nothing you, wrong with it. Let me tell you something. When I first started my uh, courses to, in, in grad school, my first therapy class, and we had to read five books about change. And I was like, I want to learn how to do therapy. Like, what? What's going on? But the, the purpose of that was to understand that change has to be a self-willed action. Mm. And if you don't see something that needs to be changed, your partner, your mama, your daddy, your pastor, your therapist, it don't matter who sees like, oh, this needs to change. If you don't see it within yourself, it's not going to work. And mm -hmm. so those situations where it's like, oh, nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong to them. Change has mm -hmm. to be a self-willed action. And I told him, I really told him that. I said, that's the, that is the, I said, this is one of those hard parts of marriage that, like I mentioned in this book, this is the work. You know, oh, the yeah. cute little wedding and all that ain't nothing. Yeah. This is the work. Are you really willing to do this? Are you really willing to, you know, try to get her to see 
there is something wrong. We need to, I want to stay with you. I want to stay married. Mm -hmm. I want this to be successful, but mm -hmm. there's a problem and we can't overlook it. So like I tell them, even with parents, I'm like, these are the hardest times. This is where the work really comes yeah. in. So God bless those who, who have that issue. Cause I, I like I said, I ain't getting married again. So I, I just, but I know that is the hardest work trying to convince another adult when they're stubborn yeah. like that. It's, 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 oh. And I, you know, I think too, if we could have more resources as far as education classes, having a sex class, what does that look like? Teaching about different positions, penetrating, mm. oral sex, like really giving it to people because yeah. instead of having to watch porn to learn different positions, learning in a healthy way and what that mm -hmm. looks like and how to stimulate your partner. I think a mm -hmm. lot of those reasons, we may need to do a, a, a episode on that, Sean. Uh, yeah. Masturbation, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All that. I mean, real, real uh, my, talk. Yeah, my church didn't go that far, but <laughs> we have, we have, and of course, before the pandemic, we, we're not, I go to probably the largest, at least black church in the state of Tennessee. So we're not, we haven't been assembled since before the pandemic. But um, one thing I really did, like, like I said, my pastor is very progressive. Um, him and his wife, his wife is a medical doctor, very progressive people when it comes to issues, especially with the black community and, you know, health, whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. But we also have a very progressive singles ministry. And that's one thing I really appreciate. And I appreciated that we had a, a, a forum like that. And there were people on that forum inside and outside of the church, professionals, counselors, all of that, who were there to talk, but also answer questions that people had about mm -hmm. masturbation, had about whatever. So I think that's the thing too. Like I said, the stigma is in an individual thing, but it's also collective with religion, with churches and assemblies. And I think that, like you said, if people get out of that, people can be better, live better lives. So yeah. not, not, not as much stress probably yeah. in the world if, if people were having better sex oh to my get that, God, relieve yeah. that stress. So. <laughs> people be walking around happy. Yeah. Something like that. Hey, I do. <laughs> what about nobody else? <laughs> These are facts. Yeah. Yes. There's so much I want to continue to talk about, but I know I got to be mindful of you all's time, especially about when it got in, in regards to women and that peak, sexual peak that women reach around in their late 30s and that heightened, yeah, it's just so mm -hmm. much. Like, <laughs> you got to have me back. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's what it is. We we just gotta have another episode. We're gonna have y'all back. It's so broad. <laughs> it is, it is. I told you, you women are complex. See, so complex. Like, you can't cover it all in a few yeah. sessions. So it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but I love it. That's the beauty of women, though. That is the beauty. God's you all are God's greatest gift. I always say that. It's I, you know, being a father and having witnessed two childbirths, I'm like, there's yeah. I've had seven, I've had eight kidney stones. And it's nothing, I don't mm. think. And they were they were bad. I had two surgeries because of one. But I don't think that I could do the childbirth thing. But I said it's one of the most beautiful miracles I have ever met. Probably the most beautiful miracle I've yeah. ever witnessed. So women, even though you all are complex, and there's a lot to y'all and a lot for us to learn as simple-minded and, and brain as we are, but it's a beautiful thing. So I love it. Yes. Okay, wonderful. So, you know, the one thing that we do before we end this episode, one thing that we do is the woman of the week. Um, and so, Michonne, do you want to? Yes. Well, um, our woman of the week is an, well, an ordinary woman doing extraordinary things. And this week episode, we do want to give honor to Rashonda Patterson. Um, she's known as Sunshine, Sunshine on Facebook and her uh, social media. But um, let us know, she's a mother, 
um, entrepreneur. She works a full-time job, but she also has does hair on the side, like with crochets and braids. She also started selling sunglasses, sunshine shades, and it's even trickled down to where her son is even has his own little entrepreneur um, clothing line rich and wealthy and he's even doing like a lawn business service so just encouraging our son to just be his own boss too but we just want to honor her i think she's a beautiful spirit uh she's a god-fearing woman she's a wonderful mother um and she's good to talk to open up to um i just love her so i just want to honor her this week for the hard work that she does as a mother and a woman entrepreneur as well girl we honor you we thank you rashonda keep doing your thing girl yes we celebrate you yes Again, yes, thank you, Dante DeAndrea, for yes. being with us. You all, I have so Appreciate much information it. to chew on. This has been fun. We have to do a part two. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm excited. Yes. Hey. Come, on, come on, come on. Hey, when you ask back, hey, that's a good thing. Like, hey, look, <laughs> you're you're I tell guys, if you're invited back, get something yes. right. <laughs> thank you guys so much thank you for the information definitely some, some meat to chew on so yes if people wanted to get in touch with you all um how would they get in touch with you you can find me at sankofasextherapy.com sankofa is the adinkra symbol you see on the wall behind me yes. and it's um s is in sam a-n-k-o-f-a sextherapy.com and i'm on instagram and twitter at Sankofa Sex. Nice. Thank you. And they can uh, just email me at DanteADoss at gmail.com or uh, look me up on Facebook under my name, Dante Alexander Doss. Wonderful. Yes. And thank you again both. Yes. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you so much. And you all, this has been another episode of Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health. Mashana, appreciate you. Hey, love you, sis. Appreciate you. We're twinning with winning women. And we love the male perspective as well. So thank you all for listening. Subscribe um, and keep watching. Awesome. Until then, be well.